This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our Thursday, March 12th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And, you know, the coronavirus threat is really turning everything upside down, and the market is really suffering uh, a crisis of confidence. And, uh, you know, we dropped today the most since 1987 uh, percentage terms, and we've turned a, a very strong bull market into uh, a very strong bear market in the matter of weeks. And, you know, uh, this, is, this is something that I think is going to be with us for a while. Now, what I will say, let me give you the pros and the cons. I always talk about that. You want the pro, understand the pros and understand the cons of our current situation at any time, right? Um, you know, I've talked about for many years now how uh, the market is being fueled by Fed money printing and uh, liquidity injections by central banks. Uh, and that was, in a lot of ways, um, artificial. Um, and you're, start, you're seeing how quickly the artificial valuations can come undone just simply with a catalyst. Um, and certainly the catalyst is, is, is rough. Um, you've seen that last night with the news of uh, the NBA canceling their season. Now pretty much every sports league in the uh, country is canceling their season or at least postponing their season. And major events, concerts, conferences, and this is going to create a major, major economic headwind. Okay. So that is why the market is reacting. It's those two confounding issues is that the market itself was on iffy footing because it wasn't based on, you know, really a sound economy. It was based on ZERP, zero percent interest rates and money printing. And you get a catalyst, to the downside of the economy, that's clear, that's hard to solve with new money, you get what you're at, what you've seen so far. Uh, the good news is we're near a lot of support, a lot of long-term support in the market. That's a positive. Uh, also, your, you saw the Fed come out today with a trillion and a half of liquidity injection. That is something I think is just the beginning, beginning of their response, their policy response, as well as to easily see something coming out of government to defer mortgage payments, to give away money. Remember, uh, everyone got, what was it, a $1,000 check during the financial crisis? I'm trying to remember exactly what the dollar amount was. Remember, I got it. Um, so those type of things could happen. Uh, in Italy, I, I believe they've already done that. And that's really what I'm using here is a lot of blueprints for other countries and what other countries are doing to react. Uh, and we're all humans, whether you live in Italy, Sweden, China, Japan, United States, doesn't matter. We're all humans. And so we react to the situation in similar ways. Um, and 
from a medical standpoint, you know, my, my girlfriend's a doctor, so she's very not worried about the coronavirus. And for the majority of people, it's not a big deal. It really isn't. Uh, but older people, unfortunately, it is, right? So the numbers are, are pretty straightforward. <clears throat> In China, 81% have mild symptoms, mild symptoms. About 13.8% of severe symptoms, meaning they need to go to the hospital, and about 5% are cri in critical condition. Now, here's, here's th those numbers don't sound too bad, and they're actually even better probably for the United States. Why? Because our population is younger than China. Also, we smoke a lot less. This is uh, something that affects the lungs greatly, and the lungs are trying to expel out the virus. That's why you get mucus, right? And when you smoke, it's harder and harder for you to expel that virus through mucus, et cetera. And so when you are older, it's harder for you to fight it. Um, you don't have the immune system built up or a strong immune system to get to, to fight it. So here in the United States, few, few, fewer smokers than China, as well as a younger population. That's a positive. Now, on the other end, there's a math issue here. And it's about exponential growth. Now, for, and I've talked about this a little bit before, the R naught is something over two, which means for every person that gets it, it's going to spread it to two other people, most likely. Now, if you take two and you multiply it by two consistently for a long enough period, if you do it 19 times, you get to a million people. That's the issue here, is that early on, it's not that big a deal, it's a slow number, but quickly you get to exponential growth just like you did in Italy. It overwhelms the hospital system and you get to a point where you now are, doctors are trying to decide, who do you treat? Who older people have about a 15% chance of dying from it if you're over the age of 80. Those are, those are the numbers. But yeah, about 15%. This is from China's Center for Disease Control. And obviously those numbers China, but they took extreme measures to slow this. Italy's taking extreme measures to slow it. Most likely, we're going to get to similar extreme measures. Now, are those extreme measures necessary? Because the issue isn't whether they're going to spread. Guess what? It's going to spread. It's a virus with very low, very low or no immunity to. But it's a very weak virus. It's not really going to hurt most people. But if it grows fast enough, that's where the issue is. So there's a middle ground here between shutting the whole economy down, which is kind of what they're looking to do, and there's also doing nothing. You don't want to do nothing. So what that balance is, I'm not quite sure, but clearly the governments are here to make changes, to implement ways for this to slow, in which we do need it to slow. So there's definitely two sides of this, definitely a middle ground. Uh, you know, my uh, invest talk use uh, invest talks catchphrase used to be this is 15, 20 years ago. It was the invest talk voice of reason. That was my grandpa's, I guess, nickname. And I kind of want to be that. I want to be the voice of reason of not panic, not extreme, but it's also not nothing either. You have to you have to look at that middle ground. So that's kind of what we're going to discuss over the next hour, as many as well as some other things. And let's go straight to a caller, I think. Let's go to Christian in South Carolina, who is a new investor. 
Hi there. My name is Christian. Um, I'm a new listener to your show. It's fantastic. Um, and I have a, um, I'm thinking about getting into the stock market. Um, I am a little afraid of consumer products uh, because the market can be so wishy-washy um, on a lot of things. So I was thinking about military-industrial complex. Is that a good and safe thing to invest in? Um, for instance, airplanes and also um, machinery of all sorts for the military. I mean, if the government spends money on it, is it safe for the person to, um, to invest in it? There, that's, that's a theory. Um, but here's the issue here. Um, and you're seeing this now. The Treasury market was having issues uh, yesterday and yesterday uh, in liquidity. And at a certain point, we're going to have to cut spending. You know, we have a trillion-dollar deficit. We're likely going to, very likely going to be in a recession very soon, if not already. We're probably already in one. And governments, especially if you get Bernie Sanders, for example, in they're going to spend money on healthcare. They're going to cut other things like defense. You know, do we need, in the age of nuclear weapons, do we need bases along, too many bases along the coast? And, and do we need to spend a bunch of money on military in order to protect from invasion? I don't really think so. So, uh, you know, we're kind of, and we're going to, Trump is peak military spending, right? He wants to, he wants to invest in, in military spending dramatically. So, the next president is unlikely to be as friendly to the military, especially if you want to take a hard look at our government budget. You know, you have to cut military at some, in some way. Uh, we spend about 10 times more than all the, the next 10 countries combined on military. We need to do that is a big question. So in theory, it's safe, but I honestly think that over the next 10 years, there's going to be a lot of cuts to military spending not to say you get rid of it or anything like that, but there's easily a lot of fat to cut. And the next person or next administration that actually takes a look at our government budget will see a ton of fat there and they will reduce military spending. So I think this is an area that is not a place that I want to be invested. Thanks for the call, Christian. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. And you and I both know that no one can reliably predict market moves. Who would have thought this just a, a month ago? This means you've got to be prepared to handle the market volatility and have your portfolio balanced. And this is a time to wake up to that, right? So you can uh, do it yourself or let Steve and I help you. Your calls and inquiries are always welcome. Our KTP Financial Office in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. You can call, leave a message, we'll get back to you. But now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. In less than two weeks, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. And next month, Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th and Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at InvestTalk.com. It is 99 Seven, eight, to get through and ask your question on today's show. We have uh, about 40 minutes left in the show. And uh, I just want to talk quickly uh, about, continue to talk about this current situation uh, because it's, it's really important to understand kind of uh, where we're at and what this means. Now, I've been, I've been a little under the weather the last couple of days. Um, I have a cold of some type. I went to doctors today. I don't have the flu. Uh, it is viral. 
but I don't know. Maybe I have the coronavirus. I don't know. Um, I've been kind of self-quarantining, working from home. And I've called hospitals. I've called doctors. I've called government officials. I've called Quest Diagnostics, a private tester. I'm trying to find a way to just get tested. I want to know. Because I don't know who I'm putting at risk. How serious should I take self-quarantine? And I get nowhere. Absolutely nowhere. My doctor doesn't even know. My girlfriend who's a doctor doesn't even know. So this is a major failure of the federal government. Now, whether you hate Trump, love Trump, indifferent about Trump, which is probably where I sit, this is a failure of the administration. And I truly believe that this will go down as what causes Trump to not get reelected. There are too many sound bites of him saying there's 14 cases and it's about to go to zero, saying it's just the flu, it's not a big deal. And we've had a month, not more, to understand what this is, where it's the fact that understanding the numbers, talking about exponential growth, it's a simple math. And the fact that South Korea is tested over 200,000 people, probably close to 300,000 at this point. The fact that Italy has, its, has had similar issues that we can see and learn from. And the fact that we have done nothing, and I don't know where to go get tested, is a huge problem. This is the best thought streaming live Monday through Friday in the 4 o'clock Pacific time hour. And available for free download as a condensed podcast as well. You can just head over to investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your finance and investment questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. For serious investors, it's all about achieving financial freedom. That's why the unbiased guidance offered by Steve and Justin is so valuable. The Invest Talk Anytime listener lines are open now, and Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call 888 99 Chart. Let's go to Ken in Wisconsin talking about Occidental Petroleum. Yes, hello. Hey, Justin. Um, I'm How calling you doing? in regards to uh, picking between OXY versus OIS. Um, just kind of want to hear your thoughts on uh, the fundamentals of those two. I know both of them look like they had. Uh, like quarter uh, 2019 ending in negative revenue. Kind of want to see what you were thinking. Or, sorry, well, you're looking uh, at two oil names, right? Your uh, Oxy's a much yep. bigger company than OIS. Uh, the issue here, however, is debt. Um, and to us, we're out of Oxy um, because we are looking for companies. We're, we're, we're trying to shed companies that uh, have a lot of debt on their balance sheet. Uh, and both uh, in the bond market are signaling to us that the, that or that that's going to go bankrupt. Um, and if oil stays below, you know, thirty-five dollars a barrel for an extended period of time, you're going to see massive bankruptcies. Now, Oxy has great assets. Uh, if the oil can stay in the forty-five to fifty-dollar range, it will stay profitable and do very well. But if oil stays down at these levels, 
you're going to continue to see uh, you're, you're going to continue to see uh, bankruptcies. Uh, and so, I would not be investing in either of these because of those excessive debt uh, levels. Now. The good thing is, long term, if they can stay in business, which is certainly possible in both cases, then they will they will have big returns uh, because uh, oil demand or supply, excuse me, will be shut in uh, and prices will recover. There's nothing that solves low oil prices like low oil prices, right? Um, but the the pain is going to need to get to an extreme, which we're kind of close to there, but I don't think we're quite there yet. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thanks for the call. To Usher in New Jersey, and he's asking about his 401k. Yes. Hi, Justin. How are you doing? Good, good. Yes. Um, so, um, you know, with the current state of the market, um, just want to know, um, you know, I have about uh, 40% in U.S. large cap. I have about 20% to 25% in small caps and the rest in international. Just wanted to know if uh, maybe time to maybe reallocate some of that uh, international allocation back into U.S. equities and funds. And then secondly, if it's, generally speaking, if it's the right time to maybe start getting back into the market, uh, you know, maybe, maybe put some cash, start putting some cash to work. So just wanted to know your feedback on this. Thank you. Yeah, well, like I said, kind of the top of the show, um, you know, we are certainly at uh, long-term support, and we expect governments, central banks to start coming out very soon with bazookas uh, to boost the economy, boost markets, boost confidence just in general. Um, now, if that doesn't happen and we break below these levels, I think we could go much, much lower. I think there's a distinct possibility that we go back to the 08 lows. Now, does that happen? Uh, there's no guarantee. But because the level of debt that's uh, on the uh, underlying the economy, that's certainly a possibility. Um, so, while there's a great, I think, in at least a near-term buying opportunity, this coronavirus reaction, whether warranted or not, is likely to be with us for a while because, like I said, we're all going to, most people are going to get it at some point, uh, and it's not that big of a deal. But what happens to the economy in the meantime while we are reacting, while we are slowing economic activity, um, that is the big issue here, and it's probably going to be an extended period of time. And, you know, we're in the midst of, quote-unquote, flu season here in the Northern Hemisphere, but it's actually worse. Flu season is actually worse in the fall. You have much higher cases. So what I likely see is some this, this panic is probably going to last with us for uh, the next couple of months, and then we get some sort of relief rally um, as it calms down. Uh, but it probably will come back with a vengeance uh, in the fall, uh, and therefore you'll have a reacceleration uh, of, of panic uh, in markets and in societies in general. Uh, so I think we're in the first or second inning of this here in the United States. Uh, maybe call it the third inning with the entire world, and uh, so therefore better buying opportunities will probably come. Uh, but it's hard to, to know exactly because you don't know uh, how the governments are going to. Uh, finally react. Thanks for the call, Asher. Let's go to Doug and Cleveland at Pfizer. Hi. Hi, Doug. You're looking at Pfizer? 
Yes, I'm looking at Pfizer, and I I just got a huge bonus check from work, and I'm looking to really start investing, and I'm thinking about this T-Rex coronavirus that's going around. It's like, so I'm thinking Pfizer. Somebody got a, I think it's going to go down, and then it's going to skyrocket. What do you think? What What makes you think it's going to skyrocket? Well, because scarcity in the market, um, you know, I, I follow politics a little bit, and when they don't like one thing, they put scarcity into another thing, and I'm thinking scarcity, medicine, same thing. So you think that there will be more demand for Pfizer's products because of Well, absolutely, because, like, you know, our schools here in Cleveland, our governors... We're going to have to come to go to a break, Doug. I'm going to come back to you on this. Give me a call. I'm taking your finance investing questions live at 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. Your objective is to work hard, plan well, and achieve financial freedom, right? You're in luck, because Justin Klein is here now, ready to take your finance and investment questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Now, we were talking to Doug before the break about Pfizer, and what I will tell you, Doug, is Pfizer is very close to some pretty strong long-term support, around $29 a share. We're at 30 now. The biggest issue here is the fact that they do have a decent amount of debt, $52 billion in long-term uh, liabilities, and, and that's a little bit of a worry, but their, their cash flow has always been relatively steady, but it's also been in decline over the past three years from about $14 billion in free cash flow in 2017 to only about 10 uh, in the trailing 12 months. So uh, that's certainly a, a worry there. 
uh, and they're fi- they have decent financial leverage. So I worry a little bit uh, about that. Uh, and I think this is going to be a rethink or be the starting point of a rethink of our medical system and how much does that affect kind of drug prices. So I think there's some big risks there. Um, but out of all the types of companies in the market, this is certainly one of the safer ones, definitely not safe, but uh, I like what you're thinking about. Um, and it's probably a pretty good risk versus reward. I mean, it can't go lo- much lower, but it is a pretty good risk reward at these levels. Thanks for the call, Doug. Let's go to Carl in Ohio. He's talking about inverse S&P ETFs, I'm assuming. Uh, yeah, the SPSX, um, a question about that, using it as a hedge in a smaller amount compared to your 401k, and then conversely also once the market does seem to hit a bottom, um, buying the, the opposite, so a, a multiplier of the S&P going up. So are, are they, I, I, what was that symbol again, SP what? Um, SPSX, it's a um, inverse of the S&P. With I don't the, uh, have that symbol correct because I'm not bringing. I'm not seeing anything SPSX, SPXS maybe. There we go. XP SPXS is what you're looking at. That's oh, the direction yeah, S&P Bear three times ETF. Now what you're getting right here is that this is a trading vehicle. It's three times leverage, so uh, it's certainly going to do very well in times like this. And you can see that it's been up over the past. Four weeks from about eleven dollars all the way to twenty-four, uh, and when the market's selling off hard, this will do really well. However, when the market rallies, this is going to get absolutely crushed, and you've seen that over the past many years. So, this is a trading vehicle. It's very hard to nail those tops and bottoms, so understand that. Uh, but if you if you are looking to hedge your portfolio, at least in the near term, this would be a good candidate for that. But have understand that you have to be nimble uh, in this market. You have, if you have the Fed, central banks, uh, more widely, governments coming in and doing things to try to support the economy, you can get rip-roaring rallies. And, I, and some of the strongest rallies are in bear markets. And so just be aware of that, that you can certainly lose 20 30% in one single day on this if you're not careful. So understand what it is. It's trading vehicle only. Thanks for the call, Carl. 888 chart 888 Now, our main talking point today is in regards to the question that should young investors keep 100% of their money in stocks during a correction? Now, we're not no longer in a correction. We're in a bear market. And we all know that young people have some certain advantages because they're young, right? They have decades to allow their money to grow, right, to handle downside in the market because then it will come back, right? And the fact that your human capital is by far your biggest asset. Remember, you have physical capital, you have paper capital, and you also have human capital. Those are things that you can utilize in the world, right, to, to buy things, to get things of value. And when you're younger, you have a lot of human capital to go work, to build your career, build your income. And so if the market goes down and your monetary capital goes down with it, physical capital might go down with it, you have the ability to use your human capital to save and invest in those other areas. 
and that's a big plus. So you have the ability to recover from the number of bear markets that you'll probably experience in life. And hopefully you'll be a net saver. So lower stock prices are often your friend, right? Now, it's virtually impossible for young workers to deploy their investment capital too aggressively, almost, right? Because human capital will eventually overwhelm that. So the question is, should you be 100% in equities? Well, a lot of that depends. A lot of that depends on your ability to weather the storm. How freaked out are you? You know, this has been about a 30% drop in the market. 30. That's not uncommon. There's been, I think the during the Great Depression, we were at 78% drop. Are you willing and able to buy over that time? Can you dollar cost average over that time and have the discipline to do so? Also, is your job safe, right? Because what happens if your job is more up and down and you go into a recession like we are probably currently in? Are you going to need to tap that capital? This is why retirees, pre-retirees, people that are close to retirement, they shouldn't have an aggressive allocation. They shouldn't have a lot of money in stocks because you get situations like this where they don't have the ability to, they need to tap that equity there or that tap that money, tap that those investments. And so it's important for you to understand the, the need for this money and the time horizon. That's what I always say. A lot of people say, well, I'm going to buy a house in the next year. Should I, what should I do with that money? Should I go invest in the market? Uh-uh. These are why you lose, you lose that money rather quickly, and that's why you need that liquidity. Anything in the short term, near term, you know, two, three years, you need to be liquid, relatively safe, and err on the cautious side. But long-term money, you certainly want to look to dollar cost average in, and there's, it kind of acts as a risk control, right? Because the higher prices are, the less shares you buy, and vice versa, when markets go down, prices go down, the lower prices are, the more shares you're going to buy. So that's certainly helpful as well. Let's go to Justin in Milwaukee, and he's talking about investing in options. Hey, Justin. Uh, I just want to hey. first off, thank you and Steve uh, quite a bit. Uh, you, two, you're, you two have been quite a big influence in my life here the last few months. I'm a very new uh, stock trader. I just had a question in regards to what's going on right now with the crisis. What sort of stocks are worth? purchasing now i'm willing to be a little aggressive i feel like i have a pretty good safety net to, to fall back on if anything were to happen so i'm willing to be pretty risky with uh my uh money here and i'm i'm solely interested in stocks thanks okay investing options that's all, that's 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 a big what if right in this market um you know if you're looking for high risk you're certainly going to be looking for companies that are selling off because of Potential debt problems, right? Companies that maybe the market is starting to believe will go bankrupt. You know, we talked about an oxy dental petroleum before, um, and finding those companies that do have stronger assets that are going to be able to weather the storm. Uh, those are the companies that are going to bounce back rather quickly. However, if we do have a, dra- a recession that drags out for six months, nine months, a year plus, we are likely to roll over once again at some point. 
Um, so just be aware uh, of that. Um, I wouldn't invest in options. I'd be investing in individual companies right now. Implied volatility is very high. Um, however, this is a, a time when you want to, I think, be <clears throat> reducing risk overall, and the market's kind of telling us that. You know, the market, anytime the market sells off of high volume from a high like we just did, it tells you it wants to go lower. Even if we get a bounce, it likely means we will eventually head lower. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to InvestTalk. And obviously, you understand the importance of unbiased guidance and experienced market analysis. And I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPP Premium Newsletter, written and distributed every Friday and sent straight into your email box. In the newsletter, you get valuable information such as the week's market analysis, portfolio management guidance, and stock ideas as well. You can subscribe anytime at investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. In less than two weeks, Justin Klein will be meeting with registered InvestTalk listeners in San Jose, California. That's right. March 20th is the date, and Justin will be conducting personalized portfolio reviews at no cost and without obligation. And next month, Steve Peasley will travel to two cities for portfolio consultation appointments, Houston, Texas on April 17th and Chicago, Illinois on April 20th. Learn more and register soon at investtalk.com. Let's go to Bill in California looking peak, P-E-A-K. Yeah, hi, hi, Justin. I hope you feel better soon. Um, yeah, I was wondering, you know, the healthcare rate, if that sector is still strong now that the price has dropped, you know, it's a more of a dividend stock is the way I'm looking mm-hmm. at it. Would that be a good time to buy in on this or what do you think? Yeah, Peak Health Peak Properties, this uh, used to be called HCP. Uh, and this is a REIT that owns a lot of healthcare facilities, life science, senior housing, medical office, tenants, et cetera. Uh, and it sold off. And we actually own this for one of our managed accounts. But uh, And I, I, I still like it. I think uh, their business is still going to stay, remain strong. There's probably a little bit of panic about what happens with nursing homes or do we have, I know we had one in Seattle, I believe it was that kind of ran uh, the coronavirus ran rampant through that there. And many of those uh, people died, but I mean, yes, you're probably going to have that unfortunately here and there, but uh, you know, there's thousands of these throughout the country. And uh, I I don't think this is going to be a big hit to them uh, long-term. So this is definitely a type of name that I, I would like to own and looks like a, a good value down here. Um, they do have a decent amount of debt. Once again, I think their business remains relatively steady uh, over the long term because of the diversity uh, and types of uh, business uh, types of businesses that occupy their properties. So I'm a fan speak, of Peak. Speaking of speaking of down here, what about AT and T now that it's been beaten down? Do you think that this is a good Entry point, or would you wait if you weren't in it already? No, I, I we actually really like AT and T. This is uh, that's probably one of my favorite names in the market right now. Just and we've we've, we've said that for a while, right? We were buying it back 2018 uh, around thirty dollars a share, and you know it rallied, and now we're back to about thirty one dollars a share. So uh, I don't think the anything's changed much. People are still going to have their cell phones and uh, still going to 
pay their bills most likely. Yes, you might have layoffs and a little bit more people maybe defaulting on their uh, their plans. Uh, maybe less people going out there buying new iPhones, things like that. But I think that's extremely minor in the grand scheme of things. So uh, I, I still like AT&T uh, at these levels. Thanks for the call, Bill. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. We had a little technical difficulties a couple days ago with that number, but we're back up. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Uh, one day I'll tell the story, but uh, we're back up on it. So ready to take your calls whenever you want to, whether it's live, 45 Pacific time, or after hours. Leave a message, and we'll answer it on the next show. Let's touch a little bit on income. You know, we've had a lot of calls about income. Uh, investing, and there's there's different ways in this market. You know, the Fed's about to go back to zero. Uh, ZERP is, is where we're at. I think they're going to be there for a long time. I don't think they have any way out of it. We've said this for a while. Now, there's different ways that you can get income. First is dividend-paying stocks. We all know that. I get a call a calls about that. And long-term, that's a great place to be. However, you're seeing that now with the level of volatility that can happen in the marketplace and you have to be prepared for that and you could have losses of capital for many many years before you get that uh that completely back so you have to be aware of that the s p 500 high yield dividend aristocrat index has a standard deviation of 14 versus the bond side of the market has a standard deviation of just three so it's about four and a half times more volatile than bonds. Now, the big question is, do you just buy bonds? Well, bonds have their issues as well. Their, their, their income is taxed at a higher rate, so understand that. Okay, And yields remain very, very low. And not all bonds are created equal. That's a big issue as well. Just because it says bond doesn't mean it's safe. High-yield bonds can be very risky as well. So in this market, you have to be very picky on where you find your income. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein. We have one goal here on Invest Talk each and every weekday to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And our work continues after this break. So get your questions in now at 888 chart Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. In San Jose, about healthcare stocks. Hi, Justin. Um, thank you for your show, especially in times like these. It's good to um, it's good to actually listen to your show, even all the more uh, in these kind of turbulent times. Um, my question was on healthcare REITs. I've been wanting to pick up some like Well Towers and uh, OHI, the ones that are in the senior living space as well as uh, regular healthcare. And I wanted to get your input on uh, basically. From the current uh, COVID-19 point of view, is it is it a good time to get in, or uh, the dividends are attractive? Uh, and this is for in my tax deferred account. Okay. So you're looking at like uh, what what were the symbols so, that you're looking at? 
Uh, I was looking at the generic uh, health, but okay, let, um, the big one is Well Tower. Okay. W-E-L-L, um, sorry. Yeah, okay. Well Tower. Now, Well Tower is about an $18 billion company, but they have about $20 billion in debt. And that's really the issue uh, here for overall is what about debt? Can they, can they sustain that debt? Are they covering that debt? Uh, well enough, and is it too much for them because they might have to cut their, div- cut their dividend, et cetera. Um, now, their business is going to be pretty steady uh, because they, once again, own healthcare facilities, senior housing facilities, et cetera. Uh, the speed of the sell-off in this worries me a little bit is the fact that it's gone from, what, 52-week high of 93, it's 50, down, down 50% off its high, uh, is that a debt issue? Um, and that worries me a little bit more. Whereas peak is only down about 33%. So when I look at those relative performance to very similar companies, uh, I see that P- Well Tower has much higher debt on its balance sheet than peak does. And so that's to me the market signaling that that debt could be a bigger issue, right? Than something like health peak. So that's, that's what you have to consider is look at, in, in times like this, you really need to focus on debt levels. We've had decade plus of low interest rates and incentives for corporate executives to layer on debts, on balance sheets to buy back shares, to do whatever they need to do, mainly buy back shares. And that in times like this becomes a much bigger problem. So focus strongly on the debt and look for companies that have minimal to no debt on their balance sheet. Let's go to Grace in San Francisco at PCK, the PIMCO California Muni Fund. Hello? Yes, Grace, you there? Uh, Yeah. I'd like to um, ask you about PIMCO California Municipal Income Fund, PCK. Uh Okay. So you're looking for, I'm assuming, tax-free income, correct? Correct. I'm just curious, why did it drop so much and what's the relationship with, I mean, does it have a relationship with the interest that they're cutting or anything like that? No, well, it could be, but mainly it's their leverage. You know, what you're looking at here is a closed-end fund, which that can trade at premium or a discount and also has a leverage to it, and that's how you get that high income, right? The high income level, about 4%, tax-free, et cetera, right? And Anything with leverage, when you have the underlying assets selling off, you get amplified the downside. You get amplified return as things go fine, market goes up, everything's hunky-dory. But when you have market disruptions, that's when you get that amplification to the downside. And this is really what the biggest worry here in the markets right now is you have not only high grade corporate bonds selling off, but also municipalities as well. Uh, And that's really the big issue. So um, that leverage is really causing the problem here, Grace. Thanks for the call. I'm Justin Klein. That's week's another Invest Talk program. And I will return on Monday. You can the host of the program tomorrow. Please remember that you can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night.
Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART. 888-99-CHART. 